The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and uh, we're here to have hopefully another interesting conversation on an interesting topic, this time one that was really kind of brought to our attention by a listener, and so we want to be faithful to, uh, we always ask you for Mm -hmm. (laughs) questions and topics, and so uh, it's good to get some, and we want to make sure we do our best to answer them. But really, this one's not a particular question as much as kind of a, a topic that that's being brought out. Um, and I want to start this way. We like to start with kind of other questions for each other, Roger. But this one will actually lead us into mm-hmm. our topic for today. And the question is this. There are a number of ministries out there these days that um, that seem to be attempting to keep Christ's church accountable Mm -hmm. and the kinds of ministries I'm thinking of are those that are like what Julie Roy's has been doing with her Roy's report. Um, what do you think about ministries like that? I think about what are, what is the purpose and the goal? So the danger is it becomes gossip Mm -hmm. The goals are very hard to reach. Mm. How can one keep another accountable when you're not within that organization? Mm. Now, it might be better to say you're just exposing what's Mm. occurring. Sure. But are you actually, how are you actually helping? And so when I read articles, I wonder, am, am, am I just enjoying reading this? Yeah, I, you know, as the proverb says, a gossip tastes like a sweet morsel, and is that right? Am I re- am I like, oh yeah, look, I always knew that this about it, or am I also then just jaded with how bad stuff happens in the church? And we see some really awful things hmm. on those reportings, it's just things that are happening, and they're so concerning. Yeah, is that really helping me even thinking rightly about the church? Because I think here, here's where I come down. The conclusions aren't leading me anywhere back to hope in Christ and, and, and bringing the right perspective. It's just exposing and, and, and bringing out. But I don't really th- think that it's, it's really, I don't know, my, my, my opinion, I don't think it's benefiting us to really know all that's going on when yeah. things aren't really changing because we're not one large organization. We're not a denomination. We don't have a pope. We don't have— yeah. I mean, even there, they got their issues, right? But we yeah. don't have overseers, you know. I mean, some denominations do. Sure. But we don't ask the big church, the yeah. big, big C church. Um, well, well, let me let me ask this. For, for those that are listening, for our audience, like some of the things that someone like Julie Royce has exposed, right, are um, there's been that Ravi Zacharias situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been Mark Driscoll, mm-hmm. James McDonald. Um, and there have been situations like that where these big named uh, celebrity pastors, apologists, theologians, when they've kind of gone wrong in in pretty big ways, like, you know, it does, it's not like, well, maybe this is the problem. There are some times that maybe it's nitpicky 
right? Sure. There, there yeah. are some things, but, but there have been these big exposés done, and I guess one of the things that comes to my mind because I'm of two minds on this too. I, I'm kind of torn by it. Uh, I don't want to uh, uh, accuse her or ascribe motives to her because yeah. she may very well be doing it with all the right intentions. Mm -hmm. But I do think that sometimes it brings out the worst in us because uh, what is it? What does the proverb say about gossip? It's like a tasty morsel, mm -hmm. yeah. right? We love it. <laughs> we just want more and more. We want to eat it up. On the other hand, the world's going to expose these guys anyway at some point. Right. And that's what does seem to happen at times. All of a sudden you got these worldly, uh, you know, secular journalists that are writing articles and all of a sudden they're exposed and Christians are like, no, not our Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Okay. But then all when someone like Julie Royce is, is doing that, it's like, we're kind of watchdogging ourselves saying, Hey, we know we've got problems and we want to clean it up too. Um, it's hard. Like you said, we're not really united um, uh, in, in some formal way. And so it makes this sometimes more competitive than it is healthful. Maybe. I don't know. And, and how are you actually restoring? For example, yeah, we know Mark Driscoll fell and then started a brand new church <laughs> yeah. and it's thriving in Arizona. So did we really restore what, what part of the church was helped? Did the people understand? I mean, that was devastating to hear the stories. I don't know if you listened to, you know, the, the series on that. And I thought oh, that yeah. was helpful in a way to just understand and just to hear, um, just, just to have compassion on people. Yeah. Um, but again, I feel like sometimes it's just, just becomes a gossip meal. You'll read the comments and it's just, I mean, it's, it's like Twitter gone bad and these, these, yeah. you know, in the Christian world of just people attacking and, and, and trying to destroy each other. It brings out yeah. the worst in people instead of what are we doing to encourage? How are we going to actually now continue on after we've seen this? Yeah. I mean, well, and I think that's a big question, right? So what do we as the listeners even, regardless of anyone else's motivation or intention, or once we have this information, what do we do with it? Yeah. And one of the concerns that I've had when I've seen some of the material she's put out um, has been... If she's being truthful, and I don't doubt that she is, she's making attempts to contact yeah. these individuals that are involved. She's she's asking them to to speak into the situation and clarify what the world is starting to see. And oftentimes, either they they don't respond uh, and use you know reasons. Okay, well. We're not responding because we don't want to respond to all these kinds of things. Okay, fine. But the world's watching. Yeah. So a non-response kind of tells a tale, or at least we're allowing the world to believe something um, that maybe we can clarify. And I think we can. It's, it's tough. Because again, like I said, I'm of two minds. I think there's some things that I've seen that I'm like, okay, that I'm glad that was exposed. It helps me to be on guard. I think some of the um, abuse scandals and things that yeah. have been exposed... I think that's good yeah. uh, because it helps us to be more on guard. It's made us as a church more on guard, mm -hmm. right? We're, we don't love the idea that California says everyone's got to be fingerprinted. You know, mm -hmm. we don't like it because it might be governmental overreach, but I like it because it helps us to protect mm -hmm. people. Yep. I want to know if there's something that we don't know as church leadership yeah. about someone who's working with our kids, for instance. So yeah, this is a hard question. 
Yeah. I will say it has done one really good thing. Hmm. Or at least I hope it has. <laughs> Let's see. Destroying the celebrity pastor that has been around for way too long. Is it really destroying it yet? Bringing it down? Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. Okay. Maybe, maybe in my mind, finally, just like so tired of celebrity pastors. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the celebrity pastor culture has shaped us all. Yes, it has. Uh, as, as we're kind of coming to our senses <laughs> and, and I'm going to use this phrase wrong, but becoming woke to that <laughs> issue. Um, it really uncovers a lot in my own heart going, Oh wow. Not only have I been kind of, uh, raised in that celebrity culture, celebrity pastor culture, but I think I've longed for, yeah. if I'm being honest, sure. Right. For some of that. So it's very, it's very weird to then be exposed by some of these things and exposed by the word of God going, Ooh, that's not how church is supposed to be done. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> something's wrong here. Yeah. So, so there is some good, that's, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. See, so Julie's not all that bad. No, no. You never said that either. No, no absolutely so, not. Good. No, I, I listened to a lot of the podcasts, yep. read the articles and, uh, you know, doing work and I don't want to ever ascribe motives and what's going on in the heart. It's yeah. just looking objectively at what it may or may not, what the effect may or may not be yeah. with what's coming out. Cause I haven't seen a, a spirit of trying to be, um, you know, trying to tear down. I mean, there are some conclusions that I'm like, okay, are we, maybe those conclusions are going way too far. Sure. Because again, if we're supposed to be churches that are led by leaders and elders, how is that functioning when you have outside of that? Right. And, and calling out that, that, that it's, it's a really, big ecclesiological question there. You're right. Yeah. Right. Like what, what is the role of Christians outside of the local church for the local church, right? Um, so there's some there. I think Ephesians talking about exposing. There's maybe something there that's that's uh, pertains to this. So there, there's yeah. good good big questions that we're not ready to answer, are we, Roger? No, I, I thought you had all the answers. I'm a little disappointed. As my father's placard on his desk when we were growing <laughs> up says, "I know all the answers. It's the questions I don't understand." <laughs> so. With that, Your wife, let, man. <laughs> with that, let's let's go into um, some particular questions. So, one of the things that that Roy's report um, addressed pushed on the topic. I'm going to try to avoid the specifics, but pushed on the topic of um, elders being disqualified by the behavior of their children. Mm -hmm. And one of our listeners was was saying, "Hey, that's something to." that would be interesting to address. And so there are a number of questions that arise, right? So um, we, we know that the scriptures speak to the issue of the elder and his relationship with his children and his household. Mm -hmm. And some of the questions that arise are, so we'll look at that first, uh, excuse me, first Timothy three and Titus one. And some of the questions that arise are, do the pastors and elders children have to be believers? Mm -hmm. That's one question. If so, as of when, is that referring to in childhood in adulthood? Mm -hmm. And if it's in adulthood and that's applicable to adulthood, adult children, then some of the questions of behavior, uh, that are addressed in those passages are at, in question are questionable too. So if an adult 
child of an elder acts in an unbecoming way, does that disqualify the elder? Mm -hmm. Or is that behavior referring more to when they're within the household as younger children? Okay, so there's a lot of questions, right? What if they're adult children that don't leave the home? So they're <laughs> Armenian? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Man, you're, you're sorry. killing our hey, listenership. It's, our, it's my people, so I can say it. Um, yeah, so I'm sure other ethnic groups would say the same thing about their children. Okay, but but yeah, so you know, we we didn't want to leave our home, yeah. our parents' home, until we were you know married and off or whatever. Um, yeah, what what happens with that? That's actually an interesting question. If they stay within the parents' household, mm -hmm. what what distinguishes household and when do you become the head of your own household? Do you literally have to be in another house for that to be? So, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of questions there, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Um, but this this is a, a question. Let's take a look at some passages. How about that? Okay, sounds good. Let's start with First Timothy. Well, no, let's start with Titus 1, okay? Titus 1. And here's here's what it says about children of the elder. Look at Titus 1, verse 6. It says, if anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Let's do full stop there for a second. So here it's the ESV translates it. His children are believers. Mm -hmm. Roger, there are other translations. Uh, you and I looked at some of them. NIV said believers or mm -hmm. children who believe. Who believe. Um, the NAS, I believe, said pretty much the same as the ESV. Children are believers. Now, I've never read the legacy translation. Uh, I don't think you have either, but you did look this one up, didn't you? I did. And What's the legacy say? bring it up again. And so... Um, I can't find it. I have <laughs> of course. One second. Okay, so this one was close to, um, close to the SV, and it says, namely, <clears throat> if any man is beyond reproach, mm -hmm. the husband of one wife, mm -hmm. having faithful children, who are not accused of dissipation or rebellious. So that's interesting. It says, what kind of children? Faithful, faithful children. children as opposed to children who believe. Mm -hmm. And that is a, uh, I would say a faithful translation because <laughs> um, as I'm looking at the Greek, yeah. the word uh, that is being translated there, it's used as an adjective for the word techna, which has to do, which is children. children yep. And the word is pistos uh, in this particular form. It's techna pista. So it's an adjective there um, in the same uh, case and etc. as as the word children, and it can be translated, and often is when it's in that adjectival form as faithful. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, if you go down in Titus one verse nine, that very same word is actually translated um, trustworthy. So it says he must hold firm to the trustworthy word. As taught, that word there translated by the ESV as trustworthy is that very same word pistos. It's a different declension of it. It's in the genitive form, but yeah. it's still it's still the same word pistos. So, okay, already we have some question there. 
is Paul telling Titus that the children, again, we don't know what age these children are, they have to be believers? Or is he saying that they have to be faithful Mm -hmm. and somehow trustworthy, kind of um, obedient, perhaps, is another way of thinking? Because look at the way he describes what comes next. He says, you know, ESV says children are believers or faithful, we could say. And the footnote does say that, by the way, even in the ESV. And not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. I think Paul's describing the behavior that he's talking about there. Yeah, their relationship to their father. Exactly. And and I think we can confirm this by looking at 1 Timothy Mm -hmm. chapter 3, which is also the qualifications for an elder. And it says in verse 4, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, he must manage his own household well. It's talking about his management of the household, yeah. right? With all dignity, <clears throat> keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? That's the qualification, mm. that he manages his household well. You know, we don't have control of the results. Yeah of the faith of our children. We can't guarantee that our children will come to faith. That is a work of God's grace in their hearts, but our oversight of their lives, helping them to be submissive, to grow in obedience, to mature. Those things are are still by God's grace. Okay. Um, But they are still, at least in terms of the uh, perceptive will of God, they're, we're given commands as to how to run our households. And we can be faithful in that. And I think that's what Paul's saying we're looking for in an elder. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I like I like how you how you brought that out. I, I think that as I've been thinking about these passages a lot more mm-hmm. uh, recently, uh, thinking that how how I often hear it mm-hmm. taught is it removes the process of sanctification mm-hmm. from both the elder and from the family. Mm. And it gets to a point where, you know, we talked about this before, you've already arrived. There is no more, you're the example. And I remember hearing this being taught in seminary that you are the example for the church. The church is looking to you and to your holiness, and it's your the church is dependent on that. And also hearing that, you know, the interpretation of your children believing that if God has really called you into ministry, your children will believe yeah. as if, as if all your children are elect because you are called, which there's so much subjectivity hmm. in that, that I've wrestled with it. But I think, yeah, looking at this of managing your household well does not mean it doesn't have sin. It doesn't mean it doesn't have difficulties and trials and problems just like anybody else. Mm. It's how are you handling those? How are you working through those? Who are you pointing to? Because so often these are taken pointing too much of man as man is this great person instead of Christ is a great savior and he's changed the hearts and now he's matured one who is now going to lead. And, and and that that comparison of of leading your household well in the church, well, yeah, the, the household is difficult, right? Yeah. You have you have children in different stages of life as they grow. It's difficult, and yeah. in the church, there's no different. We're all different places in our lives, and it's very difficult. So there is a a, a point of of 
gifting and ability that I think it's bringing out rather than such an emphasis on this standard of perfection. Yeah. I think there it's missing that, that part of your ability to do something and your experiences that aren't highlighted. And, and look, think about what Christ highlighted in his earthly ministry. Who went home justified? The Pharisee that said, I fast twice a week and I've done this and I've done that. Or the sinner, the tax collector beating his breast saying, have mercy on me. Right. That's who Christ commends. And I think that part of the example that we as elders in Christ's church, uh, first of all, we're we're just not worthy. Okay. We're not worthy. But one of the examples that we set is the example of knowing our unworthiness and our reliance on grace and turning back to our Lord and Savior and resting in Him and His provision. Yeah. Um, sadly, I think that if we emphasize this, almost this perfection, we've arrived. Otherwise, you can't be in this position. Yeah. Um, and by the way, none of us who have young children can say we have believing children necessarily. No. It's not been tested and, and found sure in any way. Yeah, they can say the words that we've said to them and mm-hmm. okay. But what do, do they have to be baptized with a profession of faith? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. How do we play how do we play this out? And then I even think of what if you're faithfully serving your family, you're teaching your children the gospel, you're managing the best you can. We know the heart is sinful. Mm-hmm. And what if they grow up and they don't believe? Have you now disqualified yourself because of their decision not to believe? How is that that consistent with managing? We don't control the heart. We can only direct it. And there's no guarantee. God has not given a ticket. Like I said, some would say, yes, your children will believe. You know, if they don't believe, I discussing this with someone, I said, so does that mean you were just wrong about your calling this whole time and you wasted 20 years of your life yeah it's like yeah i guess i was wrong with the calling i'm like well at least you're consistent with being yeah you know i i just thought it was just too too out there for me to grasp um the the standard um now look can can the behavior of the children disqualify the elder i think they can right if if you're not taking care of your household you're not managing well if you have these rebellious disrespectful children and you're not attentive to that right sure. you're not making attempts to rein that in to discipline your children okay i say this by the way with fear and trembling okay because mm-hmm. i have kids okay yeah. and and i know that i'm far from perfect in my parenting okay um so it can i think you can be disqualified if if you are truly not managing well and i think that uh, if, if, for instance, if one of my kids went off and, and acted a certain way that um, was this p- persistent pattern of behavior, I think that I would really, I would go before the elders and say, hey, this may disqualify me, at least for now. What do you think? You know, um, so I think that it can disqualify. Certainly, I think that's what the scriptures are saying. Okay. On the other hand, the question that needs to be asked is, okay, what about a child that's out of your household? Yeah an adult child who's got his own household. Yeah. What do you do with that? What if, what if your adult child falls into a sinful pattern of behavior, public sin? Yeah. Does that disqualify you? What do you think? 
I would say no. If it didn't involve you. Mm. If it involved you, then probably. Okay. So if you are caught in a scheme with an adult child, funding money, and you were involved in it, okay. then yes. But an adult child who is out of your household, who mm-hmm. is not called to submit to you after he leaves and cleaves if he's married or okay. she's married, right. you are now under a new authority. You're supposed to break from your family. Yeah. You're no longer that influence that you, you were when the child was young. Now they're making their own decisions, their own life, mm-hmm. that your calling is no, it should not be contingent on their behavior for the rest of their life. Yeah. Now you may feel a sense of my, my child has really gone astray. I, I feel convicted. Yep. I want to step down. We'll sure. go with your own conviction. Sure. But is there a word even here when it's talking about managing your household? Well, your household is your household when they're in your household. Yeah. They're not your house. You, they're not your household when they they're apart from you. What if they live two thousand miles away from you? You're still going to love and influence, but they're not your. You're not managing yeah. them. How are you managing an adult child? That that goes against the child maturing and becoming an adult. I would say you're actually not managing them well because they didn't became become an adult, and you left your Armenian child at home way too long, and they didn't get to adulthood. <laughs> Well, I, you know, the thought that came to my mind, I was looking back, thinking back to scripture going, okay, what about Eli and his sons? Mm-hmm. The problem was not Eli's son's behavior alone. It was that Eli did nothing about it, it seemed. He sure. he allowed them to continue in that in that way. Um, he wasn't able to stop, to step in and, and do it. It seems that he... I don't want to say he turned a blind eye, but he just he did not exert an authority that he did have in that case because he was the the lead the high priest uh, yeah. lead priest high priest I don't know what he was at the time but anyway I have to think back um, but he did have a say over what they were doing and he seemed to be seeing the immorality and yeah. not doing anything about it if that's what's going on sure that I think that can disqualify you uh, one account came someone brought an account uh, to my attention. Um, an elder of the church has an adult daughter who is out of the household and gets pregnant out of wedlock, mm-hmm. confesses in front of the church with the guy. I think they end up getting married. They repent, they confess, but that elder is asked to leave the elder board. Good understanding of God's word or, or bad understanding. I think it's it's a it's a punishment. Mm. Okay, seems like a punishment, not seems. necessarily a proper application of the Word of God. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Okay, um, another account: an adult child, adult child with his own children, maybe even with his own grandchildren. No, I think just his own children. Um, ends up uh, doing something financially illegal. Uh, getting caught having to uh, repay I don't I don't think any criminal charges necessarily brought or at least not any kind of prison time or jail time or anything like that but fines being paid etc so clearly something underhanded immoral that's mm-hmm. gone on hopefully penitent I don't know okay um, does that disqualify the elder pastor I don't think so yeah, I, I think here's where I think it, it becomes very difficult. 
is it's so subjective. Hmm. A lot of it's subjective. Like we're, we're trying to understand and apply when we're not given the specifics. So right. we're making the rules. So one church may apply it differently than another. Mm. One church may, be, may say the child, you know, when he reaches the age of 18, or maybe when they reach the age of 20. Or, I mean, mm. right? The scripture doesn't say. Right. And even that child living in your household over 18, now maybe in adulthood, you know, and your responsibility to that child and how they're, how they're doing. But I think a lot of this too is is not leaving room for any failure that's bigger than, oh, you know, we all sin. We all right. tell a lie or gossip or do something that's respectable. Right. But where are the, the non-respected sins? Does it mean that if you're in leadership, there is no room that anybody can actually have any failure in their own life or in their family's life? Right. Is that what the scripture is calling to? Is that the standard that's so high that you no longer need Christ every mm. day and you're not dependent on him or you don't need his forgiveness when you screw up. So my, my point would be, how do you handle what occurred rather than what occurred? Because that speaks more volumes right. to me of how you're thinking about it and, and your heart. So, so I, I had, you know, a, a professor who had an adult child who wasn't a believer and when he talked about her, he was like broken. He's like, can you just pray for my daughter? Yeah. yeah. Faithfully loving, wanting her to know the truth, telling her the truth over the years. He's not in control of it. And it breaks right. his heart. Yep. Different yep. response. So how are we looking at it? Or we can see other examples of somebody really angry. I can't believe my child. How dare they do this to me? Right. Look at that heart. Right. I'm, so that's why I'm just thinking good, maybe good. we need to go deeper than just looking at so, um, and maybe, and, and maybe yeah. a way of saying this, uh, Raj is, um, you know, God has established the local church with its mm-hmm. elders for a reason. Yeah. And each local church and each group of elders has a responsibility to the sheep that God has entrusted to them and to their own submitting to one another. And I want to leave some of that right yeah. to the to the church leadership to process prayerfully, sometimes painfully. It's difficult. Here's what I don't want, though, and I think our listener uh, that was addressing, we're asking some of this question, had an important point, and 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 the point that that I think she was getting at is, what if a guy creates a standard, yeah, but's unwilling to live by that standard? That's very different. That's a problem. Yes, and and because of this, and 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 knowing the background, because I yeah. was there, and I actually heard the standard that was created. Yeah, it's not being lived out. Yeah, in my view, and that that is the bigger problem right. is there's a hypocrisy because the one who created the law or the standard doesn't want to live by the standard. Yeah, and I heard it, and so I'm looking at it, thinking, okay, I'm just perplexed. I don't get it. I'm. I don't want to be critical and yeah. and and judgmental, but at the same time, I'm just processing what I heard and saying, "But you said this, yeah. and this occurred. Where is the path? Why are you taking a path?" And it, it, it's it's documented. It's not something that is just hearsay. It's it's documented. Yeah. So I, I wrestle yeah. with that. So yeah, if you said something, and maybe that's why you know we get careful with our words, right? And be careful with making too many conclusions oh, yeah. because sometimes 
the humility we may have to express to say, maybe I was wrong even with my own thoughts yep. on it, right? I mean, I've changed my views on certain things where I thought I was so sure yeah. on something. And I'm like, wait a second. Was it as black and white as I thought? Yeah. Or was I just too prideful to see any other view than the one I wanted at the time? Yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly right. Th that hypocrisy is a danger for all of us yeah. if we are not careful, if we're not honest, if we're not humble. Um, none of those are natural to us yeah. in this fallen state. Um, and if, if the same person that says, hey, you, your daughter got pregnant out of wedlock, you're disqualified, you must be removed, does not say about himself if something similar to that happens, I must be removed. That's a hypocrisy that does not allow for him to be above reproach any longer. Yeah. That's a problem, right? And I think that's what, what we've got to be really careful with is do not create a standard by which you expect others to live and you yourself not to be subject to. Yeah. And if you do that, then there's many other areas, not just in the way you, you raise up your children or are managing your household, but other things that would probably disqualify you as well. Yep. And it's a big topic, isn't it? It is. And probably more than we can handle in just uh, one short episode. But that's all you're getting. No. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good topic and, yeah. and a hard one. And it breaks my heart to mm -hmm. think about uh, the, the hurt that goes on uh, sometimes because of how judgmental people are and how uh, the standards that people are, are supposed to live up to are impossible yeah. that make us the savior rather than the one saved by a faithful savior. So yeah. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I think we, you know, also we don't always know all the details because yep. we're not God. That's right. And because we're missing details, sometimes our conclusions can go wrong because we don't know all of the details. Yeah. And so just being careful that we're not God. What's the proverb Roger that says, uh, the first one seems right. Yeah, he, he he who pleads his case first seems right until another comes and corrects him. Yeah, in or cross examines him or something. Yeah, yeah. Twenty seven or twenty eight around there. Yeah, I believe is where that passage is. It's been such an important proverb for yeah. us. Such yeah. an important one. Well, we hope that you uh, have enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. If you have any questions of your own, things that this has triggered, or other questions, please. Uh, send us uh, any email or feedback feedback excuse me at or to <laughs> feedback at rodnstaff.org feedback at rodnstaff.org uh, hope to see you soon if you enjoyed this episode of the rod and staff podcast please subscribe and share with others for more information or to contact the host with questions or comments please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.